Support for this podcast is provided by the Stevie Awards, the world's premier business award programs, including the American Business Awards, the International Business Awards, and the Stevie Awards for Great Employers, which is currently accepting nominations from now through until July the 22nd. Get the national and international recognition that your human resources achievements deserve by nominating your HR team and members who make your organisation a great place to work. Visit steviawards.com slash recruiting future to request the entry kit. That's steviawards.com slash recruiting future. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 270 of the Recruiting Future podcast. COVID-19 has changed the way we work in many ways. It may well have changed the way we work forever. One really interesting question is how we might be able to use this momentum of change to help solve the more protracted crisis we face from the global climate emergency. My guest this week is global talent acquisition leader Paul Maxin. A few weeks ago, Paul wrote an article in Recruiter magazine in the UK about the concept of a talent sustainability index, which would allow talent acquisition leaders to be more proactive in helping businesses respond to the threat of climate change. Hi, Paul, and welcome to the podcast. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Sure. Um, I'm Paul Maxson. Um I've been uh, involved in talent and talent acquisition uh, uh, probably for several life sentences worth, certainly over 30 years. And um, in the last few years, I've been um, the global resourcing director at Unilever, uh, where you and I met. Um, And uh, when I left there in 2013, um, uh, I headed up uh, uh, talent and resourcing at the Financial Conduct Authority. And since 2016, I've kind of been doing my own thing uh, through um, Maxin Talent. Um, and the two biggest gigs I've had, uh, uh, I spent a, a, a year uh, transforming talent acquisition uh, capability and function at Zalando in Berlin. And I've recently finished a great two and a half years at um, uh, Publicis Sapient. Uh, and with true fatalism, uh, left there on the 28th of February. So, I mean, what's, what's your take on the, the market at the moment? What, what are you seeing happening in talent? acquisition well it's uh you know it's it's, it's interesting through the you know the, as we speak we're speaking at the uh the height of a uh, you know the biggest pandemic uh for for 100 years and and everything and everyone is affected by it um interestingly i mean i've come out of uh, a couple of, uh, of digital companies zalando being one and as i said for the last uh, couple of years um uh publicist sapient who, who actually do digital business transformation um uh, end to end um and in some ways you know the last six weeks or since the end of february um uh, i think things have uh, changed uh, exponentially i think they, almost as if they've moved on 
uh, in the last six weeks, um, more than the last six years. Um, it's uh, it, it, it's a, a, an extraordinary time. <clears throat> um, and from talent, I, I see stuff in employer brand. It's funny, in, in some ways, employer branding seems to have absolutely been at the forefront because as um, uh, you know, a number of unfortunate number of workers are, are people are, uh, are furloughed and um, uh, things and projects and you know recruiting is, is, is effectively in many organizations on hold recruitment marketing and employer branding has, has, has really come to the fore um, and is is, is, is essential uh, for most organizations anyway but, but, but particularly uh, during this time and I, but I think the challenge for employer branding in many ways is that you know how do you uh, project yourself as something and an organization that's different with a, with a USP when um, everybody's communicating with everybody uh, remotely and on the uh, and, and essentially on the same platform so you've got some you know some, some nice <laughs> and showing photos of, of zoom meetings as opposed to what life's like in the office it's quite interesting in terms of how culture is developing but how culture can be or not differentiated in in these strange times absolutely i think that that's a really interesting point a few weeks ago you wrote an article in the recruiter magazine in, in the uk about something that could help companies um deal with this and is is a really interesting is an interesting way forward you called it the talent sustainability index tell us about that okay thank you um yes yeah, so i well, like a number of people, I've had more time to think <laughs> over the course of the last few weeks than um, uh, than I otherwise I would have had. So it's it's at the moment quite conceptual, um, and I wrote that uh, piece um, actually on the day that the the UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson uh, and the Health Secretary Matt Hancock had uh, tested positive for uh, for coronavirus and. Um, uh, by the time the article came out in the Recruiter magazine, uh, you know, two or three weeks later, uh, you know, things had moved on exponentially as well. You know, and, and, and Boris Johnson had uh, been hospitalised and then in intensive care and then came out of intensive care eventually. And, uh, and at the time, I was thinking, well, who knows by the time this article has come out, you know, what the world will uh, will look like. Things have changed so much. But um before the outbreak, one one thing's for certain though is that the you know pandemic pandemics come and go, uh, and whilst uh, even when this one goes and our lockdown evolves and changes and you know, however it goes, the world will not be as it was in February twenty twenty. So, so so I got to thinking you know, how what what. For once, talent acquisition, recruitment, and talent management—we could be on the, uh, the the front foot here because we're always um, and, and often sort of very reactive to changes of circumstances. So, before the outbreak, I'd be giving, as I said, a lot of thought to what we can do, and I've been giving a lot of thought to the climate emergency. You know, our house is on fire. Scientists have warned the. You know, unless we've, uh, we've, we've probably already crossed a series of tipping points, and to have any chance of meeting um, a commitment to, to net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050, I had this contention that all organisations, certainly above a certain size, will have publishable targets set for them, and those targets will apply right the way across the supply chain and it will impact how goods and services and indeed people are procured so for an example you know globalization will evolve or or, or change certainly now it, you know it's not sustainable to 
to fly or, or, or ship fresh food items covered in plastic across continents. And I'm pretty certain when we come out of this, it won't be sustainable to regularly fly big teams of people onto projects. You know, projects will be delivered differently and, you know, agile thinking uh, and agile methodology would would help. But essentially to protect lives, the, the pandemic's fundamentally changed the way that we work. And some good things, as we touched upon earlier, have, have happened. Many more of us are, are working remotely. And uh, whilst I, I did touch upon employer brands, quite nice how sometimes that remote working can um, can lead to virtual virtual workouts, virtual team drinks, and I think people, you know, sometimes people got to know each other's sort of families uh, uh, through this virtual working, even though there's a, a kind of sort of vanilla same platform kind of stuff. So I, I, I think it will have the pandemic will have a lasting impact on um, business outcomes. Um, so I suspect, I also suspect that once the uh, the virus has been conquered or semi-conquered, there will also be some kind of psychological shock, which will be um, hard to overcome. So that's, I know that's a bit long-winded, but my, my, my point is that the climate emergency will outlast the current contagion, for sure. And, you know, so I was thinking, what are the changes that we've made now? Can some of those have a, a positive impact on the, the, the talent cycle, workforce planning and the way business plays its role in, in, in tackling that? I, I, I think that's absolutely the case. So going back to what I said about um, I, I'm sure organizations will be audited in terms of their own sustainability. And, and, and you know, that will, I think, become law. Then in terms of the supply chain, the talent supply chain, I think that will be the case as well. So um, uh, what I'm hoping to do or was thinking about is how, as an industry, we could co-create something meaningful uh, during this time. And, uh, uh, and that was what I called the TSI, the Talent Sustainability Index. So it would apply for the whole cycle from you know, capacity planning, recruitment, deployment of people. And I think will feed into overall corporate governance and so and there are lots of opportunities there i think there's opportunity for technology i think there's opportunity in terms of how it is applied you know and through the technology you could even have individual targets and you could score those and uh, and even gamify them so i know it's a, a it's pretty conceptual but it is something where i think as an industry we can really be on the front foot rather than sort of react to events around us and and now uh it's very much the time to think about and plan about how we come out of this and to do things differently when we come out of it now, since i wrote that article a, a number of people because it's a, a uk publication have been in touch with me wanting to get involved and working together to think around the methodology of what that might look like and how it might operate but it's a global challenge, isn't it? And uh, you know, uh, and I'm also looking to um, discuss and co-create the the thinking around that, so it goes from beyond the concept to, to something actual with with, with people from um, uh, different continents as well, and and then to trial that and to see how that might work in some companies. But um, I think it's a pretty interesting concept, but a necessary one. Absolutely, I mean that that is really interesting, and and what really stands out for me from what you were saying there is talent acquisition being on the front foot moving moving forward because i think as an industry you know talent acquisition has always been very reactive very active to very reactive to events very reactive to the the economy and that kind of sort of long-term planning and, and long-term thinking is, is is something that that hasn't really happened so 
if there's an opportunity to 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 do that, that's that's absolutely fantastic. I realise that this is still very conceptual and you're still thinking it through, but I just want to dig deeper into a couple of a couple of areas to help sort of people get some 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 clarity and and stir up their own thoughts around this. So tell us a little bit more about what you think an index would actually measure. What what are some of the things that some of the things that you think people should be looking at some of the kind of specifics? Thinking that we're sort of working very much in virtual teams now and that is something that will uh, remain for some time. Uh, I think it could you know we we'd need to to feed in assessment to it. You know I know um, uh, video interviewing and assessment uh, and virtual assessment has uh, very much come to the fore in uh, in recent times and uh, and understandably so. Um, but I'm also thinking about what we assess now because I think there'll be uh, you know in terms of culture and culture fit and values um, they will evolve and change as we come out in, in, in a, into a new way of working beyond 2020 i think about what we assess how we assess and um, and how that will be done virtually uh, i also think people will travel um uh, a lot less so again in the sustainability index you know i talked about the the supply chain i don't want to commoditize it too much but the supply chain of of people and how they are deployed uh, at work whatever work that is whether it's uh you know from consulting work to um uh, you know, to, uh, to operational and functional work. So, 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 so how they're deployed, where they're deployed, but also, you know, what's the carbon footprint, as an example, of, uh, of moving people um, around um, and moving people around to such an extent um, through transportation as well. So, so, so that it, it, it is conceptual, but I think technology will be a, a, a fundamental part of how we measure that. I don't know what that might look like, but there'll need to be some kind of platforms or platforms and, and algorithms and machine learning uh, that will eventually come to, to compute what these scores might look like. But 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 essentially, it's it's the whole part of the talent cycle. So how we acquire talent, um, how we test and assess talent, um, and how we deploy talent. And to, to look at, from an emissions perspective, how, um, uh, how that impacts overall corporate governance when it comes to um, sustainability. Yeah, when it comes to sustainability. So just just a, a little bit more about technology, because you, you've, you've kind of mentioned several times that we're doing virtual interviewing and virtual onboarding. Predicting the future is, is incredibly difficult at the best of times, but but probably impossible at the moment in terms of, of, of how everything's gonna gonna play out. But but based on your experience of being a global head of resourcing and also running recruitment transformation projects in in big organizations, how much do you think of the the technology that's been adopted in distress like virtual onboarding and, and video interviewing what extent is this going to stay in the medium to long term oh i think it's absolutely going to stay in the medium to long term uh one of the uh the challenges and going back to, to to one of the earlier podcasts a recent podcast that you did with um alan whitford um much of which centered around of transformation and deploying of systems and, uh, and, and ATS and big ticket systems. I think 
one of the challenges is 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 actually how we sort of plan for those uh, uh, deployments uh, and um, implement those solutions. Because uh, my sense is what's probably happening at the moment uh, is a sense of uh, almost panic buying and panic implementation, and that might well not serve all of those products too well. It's 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 often not the uh, the product that's at fault, but but it's it's not the what. It's it, it's often the how. Um, and I think now is very much the time uh, over this period where uh, you know, certainly enterprise organizations should be, if, if they're including this in terms of their thinking, but should also be thinking about you know, what platforms are they using, looking at their processes. Um, and it's not just about speed, but it's, uh, it's looking at the overall value chain of their processes and using this kind of um, uh, fallow time to um, uh, make some significant changes because those um, uh, the, the processes um, are there to support business outcomes, not to determine or dictate what those business outcomes should be. So I would contend there should be quite a lot of thinking now as uh, you know, ways of working is changing, uh, and I'm sure a lot of organizations are now thinking about what that would look like as we come out of that. Then again, from a talent and talent acquisition perspective, we should be looking at that and supporting the organizations that we work within uh, or for to, um, uh, to make those adjustments. And those adjustments are very much uh, around people and processes, but also the kind what what platforms and what technology do we actually need with these revised processes to succeed in the business outcomes that we want? And they may well fundamentally have changed uh, 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 and changed for good over the course of the last six weeks or so. Final question: we, you, You've talked about employer brands all the way all the way through this. And how you know it's a challenge for for organisations at the moment, and uh, we you know we've talked about the future in terms of talent sustainability. But wh- you know what should organisations be doing right now in terms of recruitment marketing um, and employer branding? Investing in it, um, in- absolutely investing in it. Um, from a talent supply side, clearly it may well be the case that uh, there'll be a, a significant increase in talent supply as we as, as we come out of that for, for many unfortunate reasons. And I think a number of people uh, will also um, have had some, some shock through the experience, whether they've been furloughed or laid off or even remain. Um, uh, but from a from a corporate perspective and employer brand perspective, now is really the time to uh, to uh, to absolutely invest. The challenge and the challenge that I've seen, repeating on something I've said earlier, is that uh, suddenly all or, or many employer brands are, are, are looking absolutely the same because in the world of, of, of virtual working, um, uh, all we've seen over the last, arguably over the last six weeks, from from, from some organisations, are, 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 are pictures of. Uh, of virtual Zoom meetings, and it's uh, you know, from from a cultural perspective that, that that there's no sort of unique identifiers in that. Um, but I do think, in terms of coming up with um, uh, the challenge of uh, not just creating but um, amplifying a culture um, uh, and corporate culture to um, talent markets at this time is 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 quite challenging because. You know, many organizations working the same way. 
But as we come out of this, the one key area for talent acquisition uh, to really focus on has got to be employer brand and uh, and recruitment marketing and uh, you know, programmatically assessing what the right channels will be to uh, to reach talent uh, and also to you know to have a you know a program of uh, communication to the to the talent that you know you'll need and want when you come out of that on the assumption that um, you'll be surviving. So actually within talent acquisition at the moment, I think there are two uh, areas to, to, to really focus on. Uh, one is, uh, as I said, the, the process and the platforms, but the other is I, I cannot see, none of it will be worthwhile uh, unless you've got your uh, employer brand and recruitment marketing uh, in really good shape. So how can people get in touch to talk more about the Talent Sustainability Index? Thanks for that. I'm really interested to, uh, I've, I've had some um, some colleagues and professional colleagues in the UK get in touch with me, um, looking for others. So they can, they can contact me uh, either through LinkedIn, Paul Maxin, or um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to receive emails in that old-fashioned way, um, Paul at uh, MaxinTalent.com. But I'm out there on LinkedIn uh, or send me an email. Over the course of the next few weeks, I'll be putting a, a, an international group together. And um, once we've done that, then we'll, we'll, we'll properly start to, uh, to crowdsource it, to brainstorm it and come up with plans. It's not just about, you know, I'm not looking to make money out of this. It's, it's not just about uh, me leading something. I think it needs to be done in a collective and um, uh, collaborative way. Um, so, you know, I, I've come up with the, with, with, with the concept, uh, but it's up to that group, uh, uh, me included, to, uh, to, um, uh, to put the meat on the bones and, um, and hopefully to deliver the outcome. So uh, LinkedIn uh, is the easiest way or um, uh, paul at maxintalent.com. Paul, thank you very much for talking to me. Thanks, Matt. It's been a pleasure. My thanks to Paul Maxin. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can also listen and subscribe to the show on Spotify. You can find all the past episodes at www.recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.